Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. Join us for the best in relationships, family, health, well-being, spirituality, intuitive development, the future, and the past. All present in the Love Cafe. The Love Cafe call in line 347-308-8478. That's 347-308-8478. And now, Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. Hi, this is Martin Howard. Yates. Yes, it is Hi, Martin Yates, and you're on live with Scott Cluthy in the Love Cafe. Hello, Martin. Hello again. Hey, Scott, we had a family catastrophe. I'm sorry I'm a few minutes late, but uh, all is well. How are you doing, pal? Actually, you're right on time. My theme song just ended. I just called a few minutes early. So uh, uh, sorry for those family catastrophes. That's nothing compared to what I did today, but we won't talk about that on air. <laughs> I have children. What can <laughs> I tell you? <laughs> well, I have grandchildren, and I don't want to ruin my reputation for being a knucklehead because it takes it to an nth <laughs> degree what I did today. So we won't even go into this. But now you got it. Actually, it's kind of funny you should mention that, that I should mention grandchildren. I mean, it's not that funny at all, is it, unless they're smearing crayons all over the walls. But one of the things I want to talk about with the world's very best authority on, first off, getting your act together for 2017. If you're in a job search or looking for, searching for the next level up in your career, whatever level. If you're in a resume search, in other words, trying to find your resume because you haven't had to use it in 10 years. Maybe so, who knows? Or everything on it's over 10 years old, like mine. Or... You are going for a big job interview for that boffo job you're looking for, and you don't want to get boffoed. You want to be the one. You want to be boffer, not the boffy. You want to knock them dead. Well, here's an opportunity, dear ladies and gentlemen, and I do mean ladies and gentlemen. That's okay to use those terms. Still, I understand. Uh, you have the number one man to ask who, for the 29th edition this year. It's Knock 'em Dead, the ultimate job search guide. It's the Keystone 17 book career management series from Martin Yate, my wonderful guest for this hour. I'd love to have any questions or comments on your job search or uh, feedback. Martin loves feedback because that's how he grows, uh, don't we know, on Knock 'em Dead, success, failure, or wondering about something in particular. Social media, networking, your lack of a network. What's wrong with my resume, resume, Martin? What's wrong with me, Martin? That's a question I ask myself each day, and so much more. He is considered by Dunn and Bradstreet. He's just about the best in the business, and this new edition is really exciting, Martin. And, uh, and as soon as I get a copy of it, I'll let you know how great it is. So <laughs> only 2015, because that's the last time we did a show. And but but it's terrific because I do know though it has an entire video educational series you can access it for a full year when you purchase uh, the brand new 2017 knock em dead which i got in the mail unfortunately now this is not anybody's fault except the weatherman martin it rained like hell that day we had uh, storms last week in houston and i had a completely soaked copy of knock em dead and it's as big as a phone book folks it is really martin you've really outdone yourself with this edition haven't you it's pretty. It's pretty encyclopedic to begin with, <laughs> but, but with it's the pages big. swelled, it must be the size of an old-fashioned phone book. <laughs> it's anchoring down the garage right now. <laughs> <laughs> you crack me up, Scott. You always do. <laughs> yeah, well, life is funnier than folks, fiction. Love so. to hear from you. We love to hear from you, and the the, the call-in number three four seven. Three zero eight eighty four seventy eight three four seven three zero eight eighty four seventy eight. We're on live for a full hour here on Love Cafe here on Blog Talk Radio. You can absolutely uh, call in, and you can also send questions to the queue if you wish with Martin Yate. I mean, why not help me out, uh, Martin? We're entering two thousand and seventeen here stateside. Of course, we have a whole new administration, and already President Trump has made some ink on some paper that's going to be shifting things at an international, national uh, level. And, of course, it, you know, all things are local. So there's some shifts going on with the TPP now. He says, no, that's out. 
That's going to affect a lot of people in business in the USA. That's for darn sure in one way or another. In many ways, he's uh, making moves, and it's very funny because two of his first moves, all the Republicans stood up and applauded. His next move, all the Democrats stood up and applauded. So he must just be about getting it right his second day into the job. Well, I was actually uh, paid to watch the first two seasons of The Apprentice, Scott, many, many moons ago. You were ago. paid? I had, to, I had to watch it on television. And did it include go sick on. leave? Did it include sick no. leave? No. <laughs> That's why I could only do it for two seasons. And in 10 minutes the next morning on a New York radio station, I had to say who was fired and why, and was he right, and who was doing well, and who was doing badly, and was he making the right calls, and who was going to win. <laughs> And in two years, um, although I can't say I like him personally, his judgment of reading people is magnificent. I never disagreed with no him. No doubt. Uh, it, it, was, it was quite exceptional how well he read people. And I know this isn't a political conversation, but I think he stumbled across, and having stumbled across it, he recognized there was a huge swathe of American people that one party didn't care about and the other had forgotten about. And uh, it all came together en masse that we are all worried out of our wits that there is no longer any job security, that we yes. can't count on our jobs just being automated out of existence or sent to Mumbai, India tomorrow. And we're right. all worried about it. And he spoke directly to that. You know, Martin, that is that that's so true. I mean, it just is. And I don't care really what your business is, frankly. Uh, even an Uber driver has to wonder when Uber starts putting uh, self-driven yeah. cars out on the street. Although the first one ran a red light and almost killed somebody. But still, uh, you say, well, they can't replace a driver. Yeah, well, yeah, they can. That's great. It's true. It's true. But we're, but, we're, we're so, all concerned about this because, you know, it's it's about putting food on the table. Unless yes, you're born into wealth, you've got to work for a living. And none of us can tell, you know, how long the paycheck's going to be good. It's a real concern. And if he just does things like uh, rebuild our badly in need of it infrastructure, and he does something about all the laws that both parties have passed – about allowing corporations to take jobs and their profits and keep them overseas. If he does something about just those two things, it's fine. And speaking personally, I've been against immigration since they let me in. They should have stopped it right then and started the stopping with no, no more Englishmen coming. <laughs> and we have to, you know, we've got, we've got to think about these things differently. There are still these drives on the Internet every day. Give us your old stupid computer and we'll give it to the poor little children in this country. Well, there's a site called Upwork, which some of you may have heard of, and that's where you can get what we would pay someone 150 bucks a day for. You can get them to do five bucks an hour. Yes. We're giving our kids jobs away when we do things like that. We have to think differently about America and work and how we manage our lives. You know, actually, uh, my father was in, I, I forget, was it this, called the CCA or the CCP or whatever it was, the, the great programs that were put into place just as the Great Recession was still in its waning days to rebuild the infrastructure of the country. He actually was involved in that. Oh, and wow. if if Donald Trump can get America working again, quote unquote, by rebuilding, I think the number one issue in this country is the fact that we do not know when a bridge is going to come down, when a major uh, infrastructural scary, part of the city is going to fall apart. And it's going to happen. And it's very expensive. It's a very slow process. It's very disruptive of so-called business. But if we don't rebuild the infrastructure, we're going to have a decaying system that's going to prevent us from moving nearly at the velocity we can to do all the things he wants to do. You're absolutely right. It's that's a lot of jobs. Uh, yes, a lot of jobs. it has a ripple effect. You know, they, they, exactly. they, they, they say you save a 500 jobs at a manufacturing plant, and it, and it affects five or 6,000 other people from the ancillary work it generates. Mm. You know, 
tell us just a little. I, I do. I want to know about this this video addendum because, frankly, I couldn't get to the website yet, so I must not have the right code. But I'd like to know about that because I think with our with our uh, short attention spans and the uh, preponderance of video. In fact, I'm doing Love Cafe short form video in the hopes that someone will find some of my 800 plus radio shows somewhere. Well, there are half a million people have, but I'd like to have more people finding them, and especially those guys on those networks I need to get back to. But tell us about the video asset, uh, because I think that's going to be a nice drawing card, and people, uh, I think it, it's a very uh, personal connection to people in a lot of ways. Well, what we did for the first time ever, um, uh, we shot, uh, it's about four, four and a half hours, uh, and yes. it's in some 36 segments. They run between sort of 7 and 14 minutes long, depending on what I'm talking about. And it's in support of the book. All the issues I write about in the book, I talk about on screen. Now, in all, all right. honesty, Scott, I was in Savannah at the time where I have a home, and I stayed for Hurricane Matthew because I'd never been in a bad storm before. And we wow. shot it right afterwards, and I have a terrible cough and cold, and I look like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards. But you can always listen to it, even if you don't like looking at me. <laughs> well, um, Martin, but, but when you're ready to reshoot was, it, please come see me. Okay? Yeah. Come see me. I'm an award-winning video producer who needs a job. Come see me, and we'll make sure you look right, smell right, or I'll come to you. I love Savannah. I, I'd be happy to roll over. But, yes, you, yeah. you're going to need a redo on your redo is what you're saying. Yeah. No, the, the, no it, it, it's, it's pretty decent stuff, nevertheless, right. that I'm coughing a little bit. Uh, but it, it, what, what everyone who's seen it has said is it's great because you're looking me in the eye, and I'm looking you right. in the eye, and you're talking right. to me. And yes. then I go into the book, and I deep dive into the subject. Excellent. And uh, it seems to be working that well. The people are, are watching a bit, reading a bit, reading a bit, watching a bit. And uh, uh -huh. it's the first time we've done it in 30 years. And uh, it just seemed the you. right thing to do. Yeah. So as as we enter 2017, Martin Yate, what do you see as the uh, most propitious arenas for those who might be having to really change hats in a lot of ways, like their industry is being offloaded or it's being technologically, it's being, uh, you know, uh, sent to the computers, software. Or in the case of a lot of us, the millennials have taken over, and they've got your job. What are some directions for those, uh, let's say, 40-plus right now? We'll talk younger people. 40-plus, what are some areas of employment that might surprise people as far as satisfaction? Because without satisfaction, you know, you can't get no. And then for a, a sustainable uh, living wage of some kind, and even the possibility of benefits, which I understand companies still give. I'm, once in a while, I hear not nearly what they used to be. Um, you know, there's a the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out the highest 20 growth jobs of the year, and they do it every year. And I remember yes. looking at it 15 years ago, and one of them was Blogger, and it's been there ever since. And I remember about 15 years ago, I'm thinking, there's got to be at least 10 people making a living blogging. Of course, it's a high-growth job. And it's 12, 15 years later, and there's, there's maybe 30,000 people making a living as bloggers. And that's, I'm being fairly generous there. But do you really want to go for a high-growth job where the total number of jobs available is 30,000? Or do you want to go <laughs> into an industry like healthcare where there's tens of millions of jobs? Yes. Now, in a good economy, you can get jobs in both of those extremes. In a bad economy, you've got much better odds of getting a job in an industry that is driven by, that is number one big and number two driven by demographics and behavior. Demographics, mm -hmm. healthcare, behavior, we're all buying things, which makes logistics and the shipping and loading of moving goods both sweet spots. And the other thing is that is for those with a brain on their head and can add two and two and get four, unlike me, I'm not illiterate, I'm enumerate, um, uh, <laughs> cybersecurity. 
is another area of, 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 of relative yeah. um, sanity and stability. But I would like to add something completely different to the answer. Okay. Which yeah. is, we, because we live in this world without job security, and you know I've had a resume writing and coaching business for 25 years. I cannot tell you the amount of men and women that come to me in their 50s, and they've been laid off from a Fortune 500 company, and I say, well, where do you want to go next? And I say, well, I want to be another VP at another Fortune 500 company. And under my breath, Scott, I say, so, okay, here's this idiot. A lion's just bitten his head off, and he wants to go and stick it in another lion's mouth. Mm-hmm. Let, let's go and do the same thing that destroyed us anyway. Uh, age discrimination exists. It uh, does. By the, ti- by the time we hit 60, there's been no real honest-to-goodness studies done on this, but the general thought in my field is about six or seven out of ten of us have been pushed out, which means one thing if we're smart. And we go back to your point of thinking of someone who's around 40 and where do I go in the future. The only real security in this new age is bringing money in your own front door. That's the only thing you can guarantee on where you're responsible for it, and that means entrepreneurial endeavor. Now, most of us, if we ever try it, it's when we're in our teens and 20s, and we have a go, and we know nothing about business, and it fails, and some grown-up says, oh, well done, Martin. Now, settle down, fold those dreams neatly, and put them under the bed, and go out and get a real job. And then we all do that. Now, You've heard of a company called Dow Chemical. I think they're still the biggest chemical company in the world. Henry Dow went bankrupt. They built Lake Jackson, Texas, yes. Yeah. (laughs) He went bankrupt, personally bankrupt, five times before he got that little sucker off the ground. And the thing is about life is we learn from our mistakes. We don't learn from our successes. So we should be thinking, all of us, from the first idea – you have of, hey, maybe I could make a buck doing that. Well, you should do it, A, just for the juice it puts in your life, and B, if it succeeds, hallelujah, praise be to baby Jesus. And if it fails, thank you, Lord, I learned something from this because I was doing this wrong and that wrong, and I can learn how to do it better next time. And you just keep on going. To make a success as an entrepreneur takes four times as long as you think and costs five times as much. It's not something you want to leave till you're in your mid-50s and your layoff pay has just exhausted itself. We should all Oh, Martin, you just told this. my story, unfortunately. It's a sad story. That's where Love Cafe came from, actually. It's but true. I'm going to tell you because I want you to know. And my listeners, you've got to know. This is your penance repentance for listening to me and you're going every one of you miserable sinners the call in line is 347-308-8478 it's love cafe live with scott cluthy my special guest is martin yate and we're knocking them dead in 2017 and i'd love to have your calls questions and comments on your future whether it's the resume the job you got a big interview coming up you're trying to get out of a job you don't know how to resign with uh, dignity and honor and move on to your next job or you're afraid they're going to find out which they will and try, somebody's going to try to throw you under the bus, which they will. So let's find oh, out some so hints right. from Martin Yate and how not to do that. But anyway, uh, two years ago, my lovely wife, Faye, took me to see the Beatles show, Love, Circa de Soleil in Las Vegas. Now, I don't gamble. The only reason I went there was to see Circa de Soleil. I did win $200 at crafts because I didn't know how to play. So I took my $10 <laughs> and I multiplied it. You know, I didn't know. So then they came over and looked at me at the table. I'm thinking, oh, you guys have got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> I digress. The next morning, we're in a hot tub, listening to the Beatles, of course, because that's all I do. And I'm sitting in the hot tub, and then this whole idea downloaded me, downloaded into my mind. While I'm sitting there meditating, thank you, John Lennon, for Love Cafe. A whole idea, and it combined all my background in some health food restaurant work I'd done for many years, the idea of a really fun and, and bright place, a place with thematics of music, a place with incredible interior, a place... With not overdone, a place where both those who like to sip tea and meditate and those who like to hammer on their laptops and get busy can both have their areas and a lot of special things to it as well. And I've got a whole game plan. I I put together a whole business plan. I never thought I could do one. I didn't even know I could do a spreadsheet until a wonderful friend of mine, 
uh, told me, uh, Scott, I worked on Wall Street. I had the gold key. I threw it away when three angels came and visited me in the bedroom. But this is good. And so I put this whole thing together. I did. I had the CEO of Bubba Gumps come to Houston and actually look at my site. Now, that's pretty impressive. Well, of course, I hooked him by having him on my radio show. And then when he showed up here, I dragged him over there. But he went and looked. But it's true. It's true. I First, I there's a job I for you burnt. on the cruise ships doing stand-up. <laughs> I burnt. Well, I told my wife, I think I better get into comedy. This is getting ridiculous. I can't seem to make money doing anything else anymore. I'm too old and out of the way for everything else. But my mouth is certainly working, and my brain's still intact. But I did. I burnt my whole 401 uh, up trying to pursue getting this thing funded. I had a lot less money than I needed. I had some great contacts, but a lot more, less confidence of them to me in this than I needed. And even Bubba Gumps turned a cold shrimp on me. So that didn't happen. So I was quite, I was quite crushed and down, downtrodden. And anybody out there who loves downtrodden and would like to uplift uh, yours truly, go to lovecafehouston.com. It's all there as long with you know, my stupid videos. Everything's there. But I'd love to talk to you about the Love Cafe because it's really many people who've been franchisers have looked at it and said, that's an idea that could be like mushrooms overnight across Houston, frankly. And I agree. I just haven't found that golden key. Meanwhile, Can I ask you a ranch, question, I Scott? Spent... Yeah. Um, you, you've done it. You, you took a handful of lemons and turned it into lemonade. What it's role do you thing. think your backbone played in it? Everything. Everything. I was scared to hell. I was at a job where I was being pressed against the wall by the new, uh, the new president who happened to be married to the uh, CEO of the company who had just fired his daughter. And I was scared to death that I'd be – I spent four months putting together documents at a, at a desk three feet from a guy who was hired to watch over me. Of course, he, fit, he quit and got fired before I did. <laughs> Touche. But I got it done. I got her done. I, I almost killed myself trying to run out in lunch hour to go try to meet with people. But I got that whole process done, and I know that I did it, Martin. The main thing is you're right. I went through the fire. I did it. I've got the template if I ever find the right sounding board for it, and it's there. It's not going anywhere, and everyone who hears it, who hears me talk about it, says, that's incredible. I said, good. Do you have a check? So it hadn't happened yet, but, but <laughs> nonetheless, I even went and did a, a GoFundMe type thing, right? Uh, and I did all that, and I did that for six weeks last winter until I just ran out of money. I had to go get a job, and I did it. I dove back into radio. I couldn't stand it where I was, though. That turned out to be a toxic environment, and I made a, a pledge to myself when I left the other job was I will not work in a toxic environment as much as I love radio. I won't work in a toxic environment. I'm 65 in two weeks, and I don't deserve that in my life anymore. I put up with it a lot in the life of shoveling other people's you-know-what. And it's, you know you 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 are known by those you 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 are with, and if you want to fly with eagles, you don't hang around the turkeys, as far as I can tell. You really, what you say is so true. If you have plans for your life, you have to look at the people who are making it and the people who are on. Aunt, and then look at the folks you know, and there are some people you have to leave behind. You don't have to be rude to them. Uh, no. You don't have to cold shoulder, no. shoulder them, but you just have to commit yourself to your future, to what is going to work you. close you. the door. You close the door. That's all. And you not, focus not on what face. it takes. Now, now, you're 65, but, Scott, I've got some good news for you. Only the Please. good die young. I'm 128 next birthday. You've got to be good for at least 150. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. You know me so well. <laughs> so, but you're right about that 401. You better plan on it costing a lot more, taking three times more work than you ever thought, and, and, and also knowing that 90% more people will look at your idea and pass on it, even if they tell you how wonderful it is than you ever imagined. In fact, 99.9% .9 is that one you're looking for. It only takes one. Yeah, you just got you just got to connect with it. I I worked for one of the the founders of the franchising industry in America, and, and he described it to me this way. He said, "Martin, you want to become a millionaire like me?" He said, "It doesn't matter if you do it like I did by building a franchise, or whether you do it picking up rags off the street. It's the money that counts." And he said, yeah. "It's a bit like pinball. 
you keep coming up with ideas and you shoot that uh, chrome ball up in and you hit the flippers and most of the time it goes right down the chute. But once in a while, one of those ideas starts bouncing between the 500 and the 1,000 scorer and that's the one you go with. You keep throwing stuff against the wall. You keep giving it everything you've got. You keep learning from your mistakes. You never lose unless you stop getting up, and eventually you hit. took me 20 years to get published. 20 years? Yep. Uh, First published at 35. I've been writing uh, really seriously, trying to write since I was 15 years old. I've written everything, Scott. From screenplays, bodice rippers, horror novels, you name it, I tried it. (laughs) And then after 20 years, I got published for what is now acknowledged as the smallest advance in modern publishing history. And that book's still in print, (laughs) and it's in 26 languages. (laughs) Life. You can't make this up, right? I've got to tell you, 10 years later, we're going out to take a book to auction. I was now very well known. We took a book to auction a month after the publishing industry's magazine had said the best bet for the next 10 years are career books. Here are three, three bestseller lists, and I had three books on each of them. And so we went out to all the big publishing houses to pitch this book that we wanted them to bid on, and they all said, everyone said, I wish you'd come to us with that first knock and dead book, to which I brought out their mimeographed rejection slip saying, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Scott, to bring it full circle, I sold the book for just under half a million dollars, and it was a book that introduced this idea of there is no security. You've got to be loyal to yourself and treat yourself more like a business. Think of yourself as me, Inc. Plan entrepreneurialism into your future. And I was told on television stations and radio stations in 23 cities that I was a communist and a socialist. And if I wasn't going to be loyal <laughs> to the American way of life, I should damn well go back where I came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brit. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just an American that talks funny <laughs> Yeah, that's it, lad <laughs> Hey, mate, that's a point over here, would you? Yeah I mean, but with some barbecue, we, of course <laughs> Yeah, we, we we have to stay ahead of the game And we tend to, our careers tend to be things that we let happen to us Instead of taking control of our destiny. You know, we all grow up thinking, I want to be independent. I hate being told to do what mom and dad say. And then we graduate from college and we cross that last bridge into adulthood. And guess what? You've got independence and no one gives a darn what happens to you from now. It's all up to you what you make of your life. So true. So true. Uh, Martin, where's the best place to connect with 2017 in the videos? Uh, truly, I couldn't get to the website. I guess they left the debt .com or .net off the link or whatever, but I want to make sure we get the right place. Uh, um, uh, you got knockemdead.com, as in knock em dead, kid. Go out and knock em dead. K-N-O-C-K-E-M-D-A-D.com. That's the website. Okay. Uh, you can All right. get well, the I was book any, one. anywhere online, any book, any bricks and mortar store. Of course. All you have to do is you take that online receipt or a photograph of your print receipt, and that will give you access on the very home page of the site to the four-hour video program. And you can watch it in little 7 to 14-minute snippets. Oh, well, that sounds just delightful, just delightful. I love it. Uh, We're going to take a short break, remind listeners of what they're listening to and an opportunity to work with me as your broadcast coach because I am a certified Core Essentials graduate of Coach University. I have coached others in their broadcasting career to help bring them from nowhere to somewhere, and I can do the same for you. Martin Yates is the man to go to to get your resume, your presentation kit, your, your whatever it might be, your PowerPoint together. And we're going to be back with more with Martin Yates. I'd love for you to call with a question or comment. Everybody listens to these darn things like podcasts. Well, this is live radio. Come on. But anyway, 347-308-8478. Martin, you hold the phone. Take yourself a couple of gulps of water, and we'll be right back. Okay, my friend? Okay. This is Scott Cluthy. We'll be right back with more from the Love Cafe. 
Don't forget our call in line 347-308-8478. And visit the Love Cafe on Facebook. Just look for Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. We'll be right back. Hi, Scott Pluthy, host and producer of Love Cafe Radio and Love Cafe Video and other media as well. Glad you're listening tonight. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio show? Well, as a graduate of Coach University and a professional broadcaster over 30 years, I can guide you to your dreams of having your own talk show that sounds professional and is professional. Every aspect of your show, from the scripting to the concept to the execution, you'll be a professional in broadcasting after working with me, either on a monthly basis for long-term or short-term, to increase or improve your abilities as a broadcaster and do better programming, attract a larger audience, and even more quality guests because of the quality and professionalism of your broadcasting. I'd like to help you. Give me a call, 832-846-5270, or write to me at scott at lovecafehouston.com. And let's have a conversation about you becoming the potential radio star that's there within you today. Thanks. Welcome back to the Love Cafe with Scott Cluthy. Our call in line, 347 308 8478 for tonight's guest. Glad to have you in the Love Cafe. Now, Scott Cluthy and the Love Cafe. Live today with Martin Yates, the author for so many years now of Knock'em Dead. And knock'emdead.com is the website. Martin has a brand new video series to help and train you when you purchase the new 2017 edition. It will uh, have you'll have a one-on-one relationship with him via the TV, and I do not want you kissing him on screen. God knows what will happen. <laughs> Welcome back, Martin. Hey, Scott. <laughs> Just grab him by the electrodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a frightening thought, kissing me on screen. <laughs> Yikes! Well, they used to do it with Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a cartoon I used to have on the wall years ago from the New Yorker, and it was one woman saying to another, you know, anyone can date an author, but who would want to? <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd have a lovely handwritten note later, but they don't want to see you again anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of red lines through it, striking things out. <laughs> so where do we go in 2017, Martin? Uh, what do we do? do about getting uh, has has the art of resume changed uh, lately since the last time we've spoken uh, and what about electronic delivery of resumes and uh, the information people because uh, nowadays everything's uploaded you don't even see a human being till I guess they aren't practically hire you well let, let me take those not necessarily in order if you send your email to someone do not send it in Microsoft Word which is what we usually create them in. The reason being, the people at Microsoft will tell you that when the formatting goes all screwy, it's something that they refer to as an anomaly. What it means is the program is so old and complex, it goes from a PC to a Mac or different operating systems or different versions of Word, it messes up the formatting. You don't want someone's first picture of you to be as someone who can't do a simple Word document. So when you save that resume, yes, save it in Word, but then make a a copy of it and save it as a PDF, a portable downloadable file, which means it's fixed. The formatting cannot be messed up. So if you send a resume by email to someone, always send a PDF. Well, I took your advice a long time ago, and my wife even told me my resume. She said, let's look, look at your resume. She said, oh, it looks good. <laughs> I thought, well, thanks, PDF. It kept it intact <laughs> is what it did. You know, it maintained its integrity, which it does, you know, pleasing on the eye. What about this uh, zip recruiter? Recruiter, they're, they're marketing all over the place, and they say, and, and the guy on the radio says, I can see candidates on my dashboard, and I can give them a thumbs up or thumbs down right there while I'm driving. I'm thinking, is that really the best way to know a human being? 
the way, best way to get to work in one piece while you're driving. <laughs> thumbs up, you know, thumbs down while you're driving a car. Come yeah, on now. Right, and texting and smoking a cigarette and drinking your coffee. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the the thing is about careers. People are always coming up with a new idea, um, and these new ideas are never new. Uh, you know, we, we we now talk about uh, um, uh, uh, doing doing a video resume. You know, when video resumes were first introduced, 1978. They've introduced wow. them as something new and fresh every, about every seven to ten years, and they've never caught on, and they never will catch on. You know why? They take too what? bloody long to watch. The mm -hmm. great thing about a resume is it's, it, if you do it right, it tells a good story about you, and for the reader, it's quick and easy to access quick in, quick out. If you know how to read a resume, you can tell in somewhere between 5 and 60 seconds if this person fits the slot you need to fill now and whether you either read it in detail then or put it aside to read in more detail later, you can make the decision quickly. Resume, I used to be against resumes. Uh, and this is going back to, I think, about 1748, somewhere around there. Um, but was over it the, the war years, between like, the states? When was it? Yeah, yeah about, it was about then, right? Um, but uh, my, my thoughts on this have changed over the years. They have become increasingly important. And you cannot expect to get a job now without having a resume. They are literally your calling card. Well, let's talk about some fundamentals about that. Because, uh, because uh, resumes, I've seen these different thoughts over the years. I like the way I've got mine lined out right now. I've got my basic uh, contact info at the top. And yeah. then I've got a, a box which has a uh, sort of a bullet list of my main skill sets. And when I put them in there and really said with confidence, you know, I have that skill set, I was surprised at how many there were because <laughs> I worked eight years in fiber optics and cable sales to high-rises in the midst of my media experience but when I look at the skill set, uh, a good three-quarters of them, you could pass between these two sort of major areas of the most of my experience the last 20 years. Really, you could, you know, management, uh, 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 accessibility, uh, you know, flexibility, uh, punctual, uh, produces on deadline, on right, you know, all that stuff. But anyway, and, and so that has that there, and then it starts a little bit of a, a chronology and and uh, and I wanted to know what Martin Yates' perception is of the layout of that first page because they say the one page is the page that's it. Um, mine no. goes a little bit longer because I do few, put a few endorsements there from, from some high end people in media just to let them know that yeah I do know that person and they did say that about me. God forsaken me talk about myself. But so uh, so how does it go for you? Uh, you've actually said a whole mouthful. You've raised a lot of issues and asked some complex questions. Allow me to ask one qualifying question. Yeah. Is there anything at the top of the resume after your contact information that's in big letters or bold, like a headline? It's a professional summary. Okay. Now, your resume... Every resume in the world, and if you read Knockin' Dead 2017, I will show you every way known to man and the devil to avoid resume databases. But it's, they are, your resume is still going to go into a resume database. Some of these databases have upwards of half a billion resumes in them. So your resume is like a minnow in an Atlantic Ocean of minnows. What did you say your headline was? Summary or something? Professional like summary. Okay. And then some bullet of, of, of all the millions of people in the world who are either recruiters or headhunters, those are the only people who ever go into a resume database. And the only reason they go in is because they have got a job description which they are being paid to fill. How many of them in the history, in the 21 years that resume databases have existed, <laughs> do you think a recruiter has ever gone in and in the first of those 12 dialogue boxes they have to fill out, they've written the key word they're going to look for is summary? None, ever. 
They, they put in a job title. That's the very yeah. first box. You put in the title from the job description. And so it, it's just like none of us have ever read a book, seen a TV show, a movie, read a magazine article that didn't have a headline. So your resume works on the same basis. A headline gives the focus. And with these databases, it's one of the things that helps make your resume discoverable. So we have to think about resumes from how it's being accessed from the user's point of view. It goes back to those first two lessons we all learned. The customer's always right. Find out what the customer wants and give it to them. What they want is an accounts receivable manager. That's what they're going to put in. They're not going to put in summary. They're going to put in... Oh, then I, mine should say a media marketing professional, something yes. like that. Or not professional media, or, or just media mar- professional says nothing, right? Uh, uh, media never marketing. use the word executive because you know what executive says, Scott? Old fat, old there. dog, can't learn new tricks, costs too much in healthcare. Let's replace half of him with some software. Give a quarter of the job to someone fresh out of college and send the rest of it to Mumbai, India. Stay away from executive. (laughs) Use management (laughs) or manager. Mm. We we call it in publishing weasel words, specifically vague. But words like executive stay away from, but it needs a title. Uh, And your resume should have, just like a magazine article, it has subtitles throughout it. Sort of breaks it up graphically, makes it easier to read and tells you where the story is going. And media uh, your res- resume follows the same thing. Then skills. Okay. What about the work history? Um, I, I think before we get there, we, we should have that summary. You call it summary. Uh, I recommend in, in, when we, in Knock em Dead resumes and books like that, that we right. use the f- phrase either performance summary or performance profile. Why the word performance? Because every manager in the world does a performance review on every employee. It catches their attention immediately. It says, this is what the guy can do. And All right, what performance those, summary. It, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Because those are the different there, skill sets that do cross over different kinds of market. Does that make sense? Well, you are talking, when you're talking about these skill sets that cross over, you're talking about something very, very important that most people blow off. They say communication skills, multitasking, teamwork, you can put any job title on that. It doesn't mean anything. It's not that it doesn't mean anything. It means that these are transferable skills. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. These are the skills that allow you to do it well. But in that first paragraph, that summary, you want it to tell the story of what all those job descriptions are telling you they find are important, what the customer wants. So you have a you know, rule of thumb, never have a paragraph of more than six lines. Why? Because you get paragraphs longer than six lines, and they're difficult for the eye to penetrate. And, I don't have you know, any longer than four. Yeah, that's fine. Even better. The shorter, the better. All right. You know, people live right. by these rules of one-page resumes and two-page resumes. One-page resume won't work because it's not data-dense enough to be found in a database of right. half a billion others. Okay, mine's one and a half. Okay. I'm going to use mine as a template. Well, two-page, you know, with your experience, um, there's a phrase in architecture for buildings and you know buildings have to stand up so it's this is kind of important form follows function with the internet jobs got dumbed down or became infinitely more complex your job in media has become much more complex than it used to be hasn't it yeah and that takes more time it takes more real estate to explain right takes more space to explain so in all these different places 
This, You're right. This, I, You're right. this idea that a resume should be no longer than two pages. Imagine for a moment, Scott, you and I are looking at the resume of, of one guy, and we, we look at the first page, and we look at each other, and I say, hey, Scott, this guy sounds great, doesn't he? And you say, yeah, Martin, have you seen the second page? And I turn around, I say, wow, he's great. And then you say, oh, look, he's got a three-page resume. We can't possibly interview him. It's never <laughs> happened. It's never happened. We came up with this we idea. Like him so much. If he'd just shorten his resume, we'd hire him. Yeah, we'd, we'd talk to him. You know, you know where this rule came from? It came about in the early 70s when people started to tell us where they went to kindergarten. No one gives a damn where you went to kindergarten. Right. Right. You know, it's like when people go to interviews. You sit there in the lobby and you're nervous and you're getting sweaty palms. And what we don't realize is there is Scott <laughs> Cluthy over the other side of the desk behind the interviewer's chair. And we don't know what he's doing before we're going in. But I'm going to tell you what Scott is doing before he interviews you. He slips out of his chair, down onto his knees. His elbows go on his desk. He clasps his hand. He looks up into the sky and he says... Please, Lord, don't let this be another congenital imbecile. All I want is someone who can do the job and play well with others, and then I'll hire them and go back to my job. And, and, and his resume, it seems like he can do the job. Please don't let him be an idiot. They want to hire you. You've and just got to give them the right reasons. Right. I'm sorry. They want to have a reason to hire you. <laughs> yeah, it's so right. They do. They want to get it done. They want to get back to work. Uh, and we just Very want to good. find out how to sell ourselves to them. Very good. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, I, what I love is, and this happens a lot with me, I don't have the confidence to think my stuff's up to snuff to all the high-end professionals. And then I have someone like you hear what I do, and you go, that's about right, mate. And I'm like, you were right all the time, Scott. Why do you doubt yourself? Why do we doubt ourselves in our, in our ability to know how to present ourselves? Why do we doubt ourselves when we have, in my case, 30 years of experience in media? I should be wondering about whether or not uh, I can apply for this position in the broadcast firm. What is that? Well, I, I think in the case when you say you have that much experience, that means you're a boomer. And you also mentioned the Beatles, which absolutely confirms it. Um, yeah, okay. and, uh, well, there's that. Uh, Everyone over the age of 50 uh, suffers from yes. wage discrimination. And we come away from these interviews, and we notice that we were the oldest person there by 10 or 15 or 20 years. And we go, yes, I, I, hope I, I hope they weren't discriminating against me. They do. That's uh, yeah, like an ostrich sticking its head in the sand. I know. I'm yeah. far more aggressive. Here's, here's I can, the irony, I can, Martin. Here's Here's the irony. I could be hired because I'd been an incredible talk show host on a national radio show, but I can't be hired to run the board for the same show because I'm too old. Isn't that amazing? Our Senate and Congress is full of people in their 80s, uh, but you can't keep a job in your 50s. And, and they're, they're, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just absurd. But rather than go away wondering... What I say we should do, and there's an old chapter on this in, in Knock 'em Dead 2017, it's you don't go away and hope they're not discriminating against you. You tell them the advantages of your age and why they should hire you. Do I have time to give you an example? Would you please? Um, if it hasn't come up before, I know the interview's ending when Scott says to me, so do you have any questions, Martin? And I say, well, yeah, I have a lot, Scott. But, you know, if I was sitting in your place, I would notice that I'm about 15, 20 years older than everyone else in the department, and I'm a few years older than you. And I'd immediately wonder, am I manageable? I'd wonder about my health. I'd be wondering uh, if I can get on with the other people. So I, I'd, I'd like to make one or two comments about this. This is how old I am. This is how much experience I have. And that it's statistically proven that the younger the people are, the more they want to move up and the less time they, they want to stay at jobs and the more they want promotions. Well, I don't want your job. I want this job because this is what I like to do. And so there's a couple of things you can get out of that. Number one, I'm not after your job. 
and you will learn after about six months you can trust me to stand at your back in all matters, and I won't and that's have a important. dagger in my hand trying to stab you in it. And when that's real important. When the poop hits the paddle wheel, as it always does in even the best-run departments, I've been there. I've seen it before. I will be a calming influence. I know you have to buckle down and uh, 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 take a bad wind in your face every now and then. And I can be a calming and cohesive influence for your group. Now, if all your customers are under 35, you don't need me. But if your customers cross the age spectrum, someone of my age who you can trust to stand at your back and be a solid right hand who isn't after your job, who isn't going to disappear in three years, you might yeah. want to consider someone like me because I would love this job and I would love to earn the right in the next year or two to be your right hand. And you've got no worry of me wanting your job because I'm not interested in it. I want this job. Wow. What do I have and to you know what, Martin? Well, I'm going to back you up on what you said about that whole interview process. Like I said, I walked away from a major broadcasting entity here in Houston because it was a toxic environment. But what I didn't add, which is what you just commented on, was I had someone who was toxic, not the whole place, and they were lording over me. I think because they were whatever, because I was on the air and they weren't. And I didn't ask about that. I just wanted the job. And here's the problem. Here's the crux. They had no local management. I never thought uh, in my life I'd say, God, I wish there was local management. Because who wants to get on the phone and be a whiner? Not you me. Can't do it. You, you can't, can't do, do it. it. You can't but, do it. You're dead. So it's, said, it's, it's also a problem for national companies that they've got management that doesn't recognize you need on air and you need behind mic, you need uh, technical people who are of the community because they yeah. know what counts to their customer base. And that speaks to a weakness at the corporate level. Not that we're talking about Clear Channel or anyone, right? <laughs> I can say with a clear conscience, I'm not. And the other ironic part, of course, is most of the listeners of the number one station are my age, and they related to me. Whatever. That's about as honest a show as I've ever had. So, Martin Yates, heading into beautiful 2017, it's going to be a bit of a rocky road. What is the layout for younger workers out there who are finding out that their their uh, college degree is getting them a very fast advancement to the cappuccino machine at Starbucks? Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's a terrible thing, you know. We're all told to get an education, and you go to colleges and you go in the double cherry wood doors of admissions, and they tell us when you end up with a degree, all this is going to lie before you, and, and they don't mention the hundred thousand dollars you're going to spend. And um, uh, they don't tell you anything about getting jobs. And did, uh, you may know this, Scott, you may not. If you go to a public university, there's one career services person for every 3,000 students. You go to a private, to an Ivy League school, there's one career pers services person for every 900 people. Oh, geez. In neither instance are they paid adequately. No one knows where their office is, I'll tell you. Only the people on your show will know. It's down in the basement, behind the boiler, knock on that tin door three times. That's <laughs> career services. And, and no one knows where they are. So no one knows anything about taking responsibility for their life except what works for, worked for the last generation of parents and grandparents who managed to get through by working hard, being loyal, and being rewarded for that loyalty. But that's not the world we live in anymore. And we've had uh -huh. presidents of both parties tell us, oh, Scott, you've lost that job, but it was a dirty old job. You're an American. You don't deserve a dirty job. You want a nice, shiny new one. And all you have to do is go back to school and get into debt more. You just spent 25 Education. years off. Now you need to get into debt again, and then you can get one of the nice, shiny new jobs, which will last about seven years until we automate that out of existence. Yes, yeah. Never once have it's we really, addressed this issue of yeah. you have to manage what happens in your life. You can't let it happen to you. You know, we've got this uh, really very, very low 
employment rate. But the problem is that in low employment rate, uh, unemployment rate, is a lot of low pay work. It is difficult. It is so difficult just to make ends meet. To li- I mean, it's, it's difficult, Martin. It's difficult as hell to make ends meet to live any life where you feel like you can do anything special for yourself even. I don't – I mean, I I see – I'm in a very big city. Houston is like the fourth, third largest getting there city in the country, and there's incredible wealth here. I do not know how those young people afford those $2,400, $3,000 a month rental – I mean – condos and all that stacked on top of each other. All I, I can't imagine, and I don't know, and I guess I'm just out of the loop. But there's a whole lot of us who are who don't laugh when you say Walmart. That's all I got to say. Well, the thing is, we live in a consumer society. When we were invaded 16 years ago, what were we told to do? We were told to go shopping. You remember it. We all remember it. We were told, don't give in to terror, be normal, go out and go shopping. We yeah, are yes, go, go purchase. Yeah, to, we are all said to experience about 2,000 sales messages a day. And they all sure. say, buy this product, buy it now. You'll be younger, taller, thinner, sexier, and by golly, people will like you more. And you will be more sex, uh, successful. And you deserve it because you work hard, and you deserve it now. And it's all about getting into debt, being a consumer. We have to stop drinking the Kool-Aid. We have to start living up to our dreams and not up to our income. And that means oh, making some tough choices. You talked tough about choices. Uh, earlier about, about how difficult it is making it work. I was coaching someone today, a lawyer, and she didn't like the hours um, she didn't like the people. She wanted more money. She wanted to work less hard, and she thought she might <laughs> like to be a teacher as well. And she didn't see how those things were all in conflict with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, Beautiful. she couldn't be that stupid because she's a lawyer. <laughs> right? She watches TV too much. And watches TV, it's drinking the Kool-Aid. We've got to start thinking what we want out of life so that we can live life on our terms rather yes. than it have, having it being controlled. And if you've – have I got time for a story? I'll try Please, and make it share another story. Okay. Um, I, was, I was doing this book on, on side gigs and having more than one career at once, not depending on the corporation. And um, one of the people we spoke to, she was an accounts payable clerk, and this is in 1995, and she was driving an Infiniti Q45, which back then was a <laughs> major car, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she was an accounts payable clerk. How did this come about? Well, her granddad, <laughs> who lived in New Jersey, was the local jeweler, which meant he fixed people's watches and clocks and sold engagement rings. And when he passed on, no one wanted his tools, and so she had them because she remembered spending many Saturday mornings sitting on his knee. And she goes home one night, and her clock isn't working, and it hasn't been working for months, and she has this thought of, you know, I could get Granddad's tools out and have a go at that. And she said, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I still haven't got the blasted thing working, but the TV's been on all night, and I haven't been watching it. And she said it took her most of the week to get the clock to work, and then she said the funniest thing was on Saturday... Afternoon, I realized I was at a flea market looking for a broken clock. (laughs) (laughs) Four months later, she said, Uh I got so many clocks, I go back to the same flea market and I rent a table for 15 bucks and start putting the clocks on it. I meet her four years down the line. She has still got the job as the accounts receivable clerk, but she has a permanent booth in an antique mall selling antique clocks, which she has bought broken and fixed up. And she said, I, you know, I, I drive a better car than the manager. Um, I have a much better social life. I don't I have to talk to accountants all the time. I talk yeah. to all the freaks that become antique dealers. <laughs> and she said, it's much more fun. Right. And there's less of a – it doesn't pay all my bills, but I have a much better quality of life. And this is the phrase. It's loosened the stranglehold the company has on my life. Oh, breathe a sigh of relief. Martin Yates, yeah. supreme storyteller, um, entrepreneur uh, excellent, 
uh, author extraordinaire, great radio guest, one of my fabs. And I'm so appreciative you come on this little old show with me, Martin Yates. Thank you so much. Scott, I really appreciate it, and I'll send the check first thing in the morning. (laughs) That's what I wanted to hear. Just make sure it's clears and it's not, you know, it's not made out of rubles, right? No rubles. Don't stay down, your comrade. Good. <laughs> All right. Take care, pleasure. Martin. Good Always to talk to you again. Knockemdead.com. Check it out. Uh, have a great day, Martin. And uh, folks out there, check out LoveCafeHouston.com on Facebook, would you? Thanks for joining me in the Love Cafe community. Don't forget, join us on Facebook at Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. And sign up for the newsletter. Till next time, this is Scott Cluthy. Thanks again for stopping by the Love Cafe.